in Hoyer Greg War Dan Beast. Till Hoyer in Jung Heach Bosque Yaga Gevel Titner Mashik Kante Banal. Ladies and gentlemen, the phones have lit up. You've gone crazy. We miss 1.5 episode and suddenly people from all over the world, from everywhere from Canberra to Germany to uh, uh, what is it, uh, the people in San Francisco, people all over the world. Brisbane, asking, Australia. Brisbane, Australia, asking, where's the point five? And more importantly, saying, have you guys given up? We go quiet for two weeks and everyone well, just you goes, miss, you miss one bonus <laughs> podcast. And everyone just goes, they must be dead. They must be dead. They've pissed off the wrong person and now they're dead. But thank you. That's very lovely. So here. Nice to be missed. <laughs> so here is episode 27.0. No 26.5. This is episode 27.0 of Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy. Ignorance. Well, well, you take from us, audience. Well, you know what? No more point fives. No more point fives. None. We've decided. We, we've decided. Dan and Greg have had a conversation. Here and now, mm-hmm. we're not no longer doing point fives. That's it. That's it. You've, you've just, with all your love and affection and outpouring of grief, no more point fives. That's how we roll. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We're very petty. <laughs> we, 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 are, we are tiny tin pot tyrants. Yeah. And, and you know what else? This week... We're going to do a short one. <gasps> yeah, we're just whittling it away. No, no, no. Shipping away. That's it's right. Smart no. enough to know better. <laughs> so what we're actually doing is we've decided, brace yourself, audience. Yep. Make sure you're sitting down. Yep. Make sure you've got you know, Norm with her heart. weak hearts is listening at the yep. moment. We're going... Don't sit down for too long because it's not healthy. Yes, but it does... We'll actually... Stand up intermittently yes. during the process deep vein, of this uh, <laughs> Deep vein thrombosis is not your friend. No. We are actually going to... Drum roll. To a fortnightly podcast. <sighs> fortnightly podcast. We will no longer be doing point fives. From here on in, you will be getting a full podcast every two weeks. We are no longer a monthly po- podcast. Wait, 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 wait. I just realized something. Every two weeks? Yes. Or on the first oh, Sunday and the uh, third Sunday? Yes. Because yes, sometimes yes. there'll be a fifth Sunday our pedantic, and be even more... Our pedantic audience will get very upset. So we should say we'll be coming on the third Sunday and the first Sunday of every month month hang on is yep. that right good yep. yes so that means you are getting that's, techni- what, that's what those parts of years are called <laughs> i don't come from your planet it confuses me you'll be getting two podcasts in a month the third sunday and the first sunday of the month you'll be getting a podcast not a point five it's all very exciting so we've been taking your input on board we're going to have them a bit more digestible a bit shorter but technically over the month you will actually get more smart enough to know better but in two exciting kind of chunks Yes. You go, and hopefully you enjoy what you do. If not, we're doomed. That's it. No one will ever listen to us again. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty upbeat. <laughs> Excellent. Now, 27. 27 is pretty interesting as a number. No. Yes, it is. Boring. 27 yep. is a perfect, a perfect cube. A perfect cube. Yes, it is. Uh, like, 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 like four cubed would be... Not an imperfect 64. Cube. Is that no, imperfect? Cubed. Cubed. Yeah. No, no. no. Oh, no what, uh, that's just cubed. So what's well, a perfect cube? Perfect cube is when you cube it by itself, by its actual number. So it's three threes. So three cubed is, is a perfect cube. Oh. Ah. Right. So it's three to the three, which is three by three by three, which is 27. Isn't there only one perfect cube? Well, no, no, I should say it's, if, it, yes. Well, yes, it is. Yes, hang on. But 
but two. No, no, no. There, no, because two, two. Oh, sorry. Wait. Squared. You have two twos. It's two a perfect two. square. Yes, yeah, a perfect square. Perfect square. And so this would be a perfect cube. cube. And then there'd be like four to the four. To the four to the four to the four. No, just four to the four. All oh, right. <laughs> this no, is very confusing. The point of this is it's a perfect cube and it's, it's three to the three. And it's 27. And also, 27 is the only number that is three times the sum of its digits. <gasps> three times the sum of its digits. So take its digits. Two, two and seven. seven. Nine. Nine. Three times nine is 27. Yeah! So I, I thought that was pretty exciting. So maths people, that's for you, maths oh, number nice. files. We're going to have <laughs> an expo. We've yes. discussed this. We have. It's the Smart called Enough Expo. The Smart Enough Expo. We asked the audience, yeah. what should we call it? Because we were going we to call it Sexpo. Sex. Uh, sex, that's right. The Smart, Enough, the Smart Enough Expo. We were really trying to push for that. No one wrote in and said that. No. You're much nicer than we are. So people got onto us, and what did they call it, Dan? What was the best idea that we've been given? The best one was from Fault on the forums. It was Expo SE. Is that expose or expose? It's expose. expose. I like I like expose right. because it's it's it both has a science connotation mm-hmm. and a penis connotation. <laughs> and you're all about both of those things. Yes, I like the blend. I like that I like that part of the Venn diagram. <laughs> so the <laughs> So it's gonna be expose. We're going to be exposing ourselves to Expo SE will be on the seventh of October. Seventh of October, ladies and gentlemen. And it will be well, we don't actually know where it's going to be quite yet. It's going to be in a park here in sunny Brisbane. Oh, we're, uh, we're going to do it in that park in Annerley? Give it a go. Yeah, we'll, we'll say that. Okay, that's fine. I we'll, don't know. We could record a thing on location and then just insert it in now. <laughs> Yoronga Park in Yoronga. We could do this. So that's going to be the location. So look forward to it. On October the 7th, we want everyone there. What will you get to do at the, at the Smart Enough to Know Expo? Expose. We will be having a zombie hunt, a massive zombie hunt. So bring your Nerf guns, bring your water, bring your will to survive, and we'll see who the sexiest zombie is. And there's going to be a prize. Oh, I'm, really? I'm going, I've got a prize for the audience, um. a, a, a zombie hunt prize. So it, 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 it'll suit the zombie hunt. On the day, Excellent. and I'll expose myself to the winner. <laughs> nice, thank you, Dan. That's helpful. So, tell everyone, make sure you're there on October the seventh for the Smart Enough to Know Better Expo. Expose, expose. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Nikola Tesla recently. There's a lot of talk about mm. him on the internet at the moment. Mm. The internet loves Nikola uh, Tesla. It, but I, I actually kind of, I've gone around the other way. I, I also love Nikola Tesla. But I, I think that it's Edison, very easy. Edison, Edison now is reviled and hated. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've kind of gone the other way. Look, he was a, the man was a bit of a douche. But I don't think he deserves the, the ass kicking he deserves. Yeah, like he, yeah. he was actually a very clever man. Middle, he had a lot of people working for him. But still, he was a very clever man. And I think everyone's kind of going, Nikola Tesla, we were like the underdog and he died it's, poor. It's such a great story, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's a story that a lot of nerds can bond with unappreciated in their time yes smarter than everyone else mm, mm. and then too nice too nice to, or, or too to, nice to, to actually hang on to his work and to succeed and, mm, and, and mm. giving to the planet and stuff and and the, thus the other guy must be completely wicked and admittedly yes. electrocuted a couple of elephants but yeah 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 but they had it coming they had f- those elephants <laughs> Elephant, but yes, why. no. I've had I've had a very similar reaction to you, where I'm like, well, okay, Nikola Tesla <laughs> did some really interesting research into mm. electricity and like making light bulbs, mm. but Thomas Edison mm. actually got a team of people to work on a light bulb that worked really, really well. Yep, was cheap and got it into the hands of people who needed light. Yep, and stole. Like, who yeah. is the best who, businessman? Well, who's the best <laughs> person? Is it the person who 
made the thing in the first place, who was smart mm. enough to make the thing in the first place, mm. or the other person who went, I want lots of people to have these and, and make other people's lives better. But the only argument against that is that, he, that Edison actually slowed it all down because AC was better than DC. But Edison had picked the DC camp and therefore he picked the wrong one. Ah, and yes. so he actually slowed down AC, which we all now use alternate current. Mm-hmm. So he was a bit of a douche in his period of time. AC is uh, also much more dangerous than DC. Oh, well, is it? Well, I don't think it is. AC, it, but people Alternate get current. People get you killed get, with AC. You get, it's nothing to do with that. that so I mean, now you, you, now you, you sound like could, killing an elephant I mean, with it. I know you could get it's, like a battery the size of a house. And that's what and, that, that, it makes no difference AC or DC. It's both going to kill you. It's like volts and, and amperage. It's nothing to do with AC or DC. Suddenly, I, I have a feeling that the electrical, an electrical engineer just went, you what? And then they'll yell at no, me no, no, very, but, very angrily. But, but anyway. DC, it's just those little batteries that you get. <laughs> like, are you, are you lick them? And, but you can know the point was that you get. I put my finger in an electrical socket once and I've never done it again. But I can. Continue to lick but nine volt batteries. Oh my god, you're doing this on purpose. I know you're doing this on purpose. <laughs> he ran high voltage through the wires. They lost a lot more power using DC. That was the problem. Your vehicles IR, Ohm's law, like the whole thing of your voltage equals equals amperage oh, okay. resistance. Yes. There's a problem. That's the problem. Oh, so with he was DC. trying to pump DC through the wires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's not going to work. <laughs> we should you're talk to Tesla. <laughs> Tesla figured that one out. What are we He's talking about? DC. Yeah. What happened? It's been 43 years since humans landed on the moon. Yeah, sure. That was faked. Okay, I've had it with this. I'm going to prove to you that humans landed on the moon. How? I've got a new telescope. It's all set up. Come here and take a look. You can literally see the lander site. No way. See? Oh, my God. That structure there is the lunar module. That there? But that's not metal. What? Look, it's cardboard. It's not cardboard. Give it here. Oh my god. Ha! Told you! The moon landing was faked! But, but wait. Fake lunar module, fake moon landing. But that means they filmed a fake moon landing on the moon. They sure did. Dan one, Greg nothing. You're missing something important. What? How do they get the fake lander up there? Don't know. Illuminati? August 6th has passed. Do you remember where you were on August 6th? Yeah. Uh, At about 3.30pm. What day was it? Eastern time. I don't remember the day. I don't remember thinking days. August the 6th. August the 6th. Yes. I... Was preparing for my holiday in Fiji. That's where you were? Yeah, I went to Fiji. I was driving down... That's very nice. Oh. Yeah. I was driving down the road, and I got the news, as many people did, that the Mars rover, Curiosity, had touched down on Mars. Oh, I watched that live. That was awesome! I was, I was working! Well, not live. Well, was, no, seven minutes. Fourteen minutes, minutes, minutes after, the, yes, because it takes like fourteen minutes to get from Mars. But that, that was just the best thing in the world. I just, I got really excited because I was listening to a, a youth radio station on Triple J because I'm very youthful, and I was in the, I was in the enjoying car. some of the hippity hop, Hip, the, the, all that hip hop that you young people love so much. And and the guy on the radio in the afternoon show actually broke into what he was talking about and went, "I just have received news that the Mars Curiosity rover has touched down one wheel. We've had they confirmed one of the wheels has touched." And I was like, "Yes!" And I realized. 
realize I was now, you know, pumping my hands in the sky whilst trying to drive an automobile. Well, because they, they, the... But, 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 but it's got six, you, so if it's only sending back signal on one wheel, it's and fun. then there's no, nothing after that, yeah, like, you're like, well, there's a problem, it's, man. It's, it's balanced very, very, very carefully. But that was the whole thing. Oh, it, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> if they were, All these readings are off. It's like we've landed on the side of a mountain, and it's just, it's balanced, balanced at just that point. <laughs> Anyway, it wasn't, the, it wasn't. It actually landed very, very well. I went, well done, humanity, for that. I was very excited. So there yeah. is a, a one-ton rover the size of a small car sitting on Mars. It's put up its mast by now. We've, it's, it's looked around. It's surveyed. They've taken the dust covers off its cameras, yep. and now it's ready to go off to its first area, Glenelg, and it's going to go about five kilometers and drive. But what's the funny thing I was reading today, they, have, they don't actually know if the wheels work. Like ah. it, it hasn't roved yet. Right. So this week they're going so to be... So it's just a stayer. It, at the moment it's just a very, very stationary thing. But um, they're, they're certain it will, but they're, yeah. they're... Well, not certain, but they're, they're confident it's going to work fine. But they haven't actually moved it forward yet. By the time you listen to this, maybe they have. But at this point in time it hasn't actually moved. But it, it needs to race off five kilometres away. Not race off. It goes about four centimetres a second, I think. So it's not that fast a rover. Mm. It's not a sprinter. I'd put it that way. It's no. a stayer. But I'm very but excited. Most of them don't go very quick. No, no. There's probably not the... a lot of hooning going on no. on Mars. <laughs> this, is, this is probably the fastest one they've made so yeah. far. Because uh, it's nuclear powered. That's exciting. Yeah. It doesn't have to rely on that ridiculous sun, which is so far away. I, uh... What do you call a day on Mars? <gasps> do you know this? What's a, a day, a on, day Mars? on Mars? They should have actually have called it, of course, a... Um, a, oh. a Martian cycle? No, no, no. Sorry. No, no, no. no. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Um... Chad? Chad. God damn it, so You forgot the name of the... Se- I, I, if you're forgetting, how know, are we supposed know, to tell know, other people? I know, I know. No, 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 should, what were you thinking? What was it? What, uh, what uh, Gary. I kept Gary. Thinking. I was like, Gary, Gary, Gary. No, I was like, brains. No, it's not Gary. I knew it wasn't Gary. I'm going to say Gary. It's not Gary. Hang on, let me check the machine again. It's Gary. It's not Gary. No, no. It's definitely Gary. It's like, shut up, brain. Get the other guy talking. <laughs> Uh, but it's Chad. No, that, that, that one day, you can't call it a day, because that confuses you. go, well, I'll see you tomorrow. It all, but do you mean Earth tomorrow? Do you mean Mars tomorrow? Mm. It all gets very confusing. That's yep. when you, that's suddenly you crash something into because a wall. Because its revolutionary cycle is 24 hours and 37 minutes. Isn't that weird? It's so close to ours, but not... It's, it's oddly close. Coincidental. Total coincidence, but still odd. It's called a sol. A sol. S-O-L. Sol. So that's a... Oh, right. Curiosity will have a... 500 soul mission or something like that. So they're, they're playing oh. for the next soul. So that's the re- basically what we call a day on Mars. It's called yeah. the soul. But what they say is, I'll see you to soul. So tomorrow, to soul, as in that. Right. So to soul, uh, the Curiosity rover will be over there. And then the Yester soul, it was over here. Oh, okay. I think it's awesome. Yester soul and to soul. Are they not lettering them all? Lettering what? Uh, each day progressively. So the first day is A, <laughs> B, C, and eventually you get to asshole. <laughs> And that's the end. That's... We should send that to NASA. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I saw a question on the internet to Dr. Carl about what is the shape... Who sh- we've met. Yeah, we have met. <laughs> um, and someone asked, what is the shape of a rainbow from above the mm. rainbow? And it's, a, it's sort of kind of a nonsensical question. Round. Because if you, if you oh, saw sorry. a rainbow in the, the east mm. and then you travelled above it mm. and there was still rain and still sun, mm. then the rainbow would actually follow you. So mm. it would still be a circle. Yes, you see a full, you complete circle. But someone said that it would be a donut. Mm. And, and I had to think about it for a while. I went, no, that's, that's not right at all. No. Do you know what, what a shape of rainbow would be from above? Well, I don't understand the question. No. It, if you look at... Like a rainbow is just the reflection of light. Yes. 
off these raindrops. Yeah. Now, if you were able to dye all of those raindrops the same colour as the rainbow, so instead of being the light causing the colour, each raindrop was the colour... Oh, freeze it and catch it. Freeze it and catch it. Yes. And and suspend it in the air. Okay, I see in that colour. Right, yes. And then you went above that and you looked down at all of those raindrops that were yeah. forming that image. Yes. Then what you would see would mm. be a cone that radiated out from your eyes to the end of the raindrops. <laughs> You're right, yes. And it would be a cone that was <laughs> hollow in the middle. It was kind of a, a, a cone that tapers... Uh, on its internal wall and its external wall. That's so the shape of a rainbow is a great big cone in the sky. That's very good. Sense it where your eye is at that point in time. Yeah. Nicely done. That's very good. Good thinking. I like it. You have to draw a picture and put it on the net, I think, for that. Oh, I, think a lot of, I think a lot of the audience is going, what? But, yeah, I can see exactly what you're saying there because it's, yeah, how the light enters your eye. Nicely done. Hooray, Another. science. So speaking of light, speaking of light, speaking of colours, and speaking of, as we're doing space in the Curiosity Launcher, you know how we went to the moon? What? We went to the moon. Nineteen sixty. I don't remember that. Was you that were, someone else? You were very quiet. Humans went to the moon in 1969, of course, the yes. NASA Apollo missions. Mm-hmm. And they planted a flag on the moon. Yes. And, and a big American flag. And people said, oh, look, it's waving. It wasn't waving. It's just, it's just set up to look like it's sort of all kind of... Well, it was hanging. Waving. It was settling. But, but no, it's, it's got stiff bits on it, so it stays out. So yeah, well, yeah, it's got a rod across the top. Yes, so that's that it, right. But, but the thing and is, then, they put the rod down, and then it sort of wobbled back and forth. That's right. And it looks Not like from the got... wind, but because it was settling. That's right. And, that's, and so it took time to stop. Uh, but they, they're saying, well, they went Why to shore. Why is that? Pardon? Oh, no friction to stop it from swinging back and forth. That's right. And it takes, so it takes all the energy to damp down. There is friction at the end where it's touching the metal on the pole, of course, but yeah. not the, no air resistance pushing yeah. it back and forth. Now, the people who made that... Flag. When asked, they said, "Oh, would that flag be around?" They said, "No. Oh, look, we we know that flag would have fallen apart. Like, there's no atmosphere. All the high energy, energy uh, rays would have hit it, and the sunlight would have that that flag would be dead. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, nothing. There'd just be a pole. And they they've shown no that that's not true. They've taken a lot closer pictures of the lander and uh, the the whole areas like yep. the spaceships. And they've footprints. Actually, footprints. We can, yeah, we can that see. Very and, exciting. And on the, the well, these are tire tracks from from the rover itself, the lunar load rover. And they found out that the six American flags on the moon are all still standing. They're all still there. So they, they, they've lasted very, very well. Yeah. In this, but unfortunately, <laughs> we, we've kind of surrendered to the alien overlords as <laughs> when they come. When they come, to, they come past the moon, they're going to look down and go, I... These humans have surrendered already. Well done, humans. What? They're white. They, the, the stars and stripes, the American red, white, and blue, the radiation has cleared all the color off it, oh, and they're just pure, wi- pure white flags sitting on the moon now. <laughs> we come in peace for all mankind. <laughs> That's right. Here's a white flag. Oh, but I not, like that. It's not peace, though. People keep saying, oh, look how peaceful. No, it's surrendering. Maybe it's where my mind goes. You, you wave a white flag to surrender, don't you? You don't wave a white flag to say we're peaceful. But if everyone surrenders at the same time, then that's called world peace. And then I can take over because you can't fight me. Well done. Oh. Everyone should give up right now. Yeah, every, give up. Or, or come around and beat Greg to a pulp with a white flag. Please don't incite the audience In, to attack me with white flags. Imagine getting beaten to death with a white flag. Oh, the irony! That's, that's oh. beautiful oh. irony. That's, yeah, that, that's great. Let's, please don't beat me to death with white flags, ladies and gentlemen. If you just hold off. Especially we, we, got, we have the expo coming up on the 7th of October. Don't need to give people ideas about hitting me with things. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Now, the other thing about the moon, staying on the moon, the whole problem with the moon... Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. It'll the, turn white. Yes, yeah, so it'll turn radiation. If you're, if you're a flag, that's right. Yeah. It hangs above our head, and it just sits there every a night. flag? 
No, no, the moon hangs above our head night after night, and it's this big thing, and we can see it. And when people, like, couples kiss no, under sometimes it. it's during the day. You're, you're very bad science you're bringing to the table it's here, It's very Mr. true. So, so, yes, so you do see the moon in the day, of course. It can be in the daytime. So, couples... That can be confusing. I saw one, someone who asked the question, if the sun is one side and the moon is the other side of the same object, then how can you have both the moon and the... How can you have the moon in the daytime? Because it's not in the perfect line. No, no, no. But they thought that the, the object in the sky was the sun on one side of the object, and it turned around, and then it was the moon oh. on, the, on the reverse Oh, goodness space. me. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's why it's really important to talk about these simple things over and over again. There you go. Ne- never get upset too much. Of I learned that from Dr. Carl. Oh, thank Clang. You. Clang. Well, I'm just saying, he, he, he put me in my place, and I agree with him. Thank you. Now... The problem is that we love the moon and people kiss under, oh, the moon, I love you, darling, it's the moon. And, and I point a telescope at it and look at it. But the moon is toxic to humans. There's a giant Uh-oh. toxic ball in the sky. Wait, what? The moon That's is... not good. No, no, it's a death ball right the up death there. Ball. Death ball. Right for your chad and the death ball. There we go. And it's, it's up there, man. It's, it's totally toxic. It, it will kill you. If you breathe in lunar dust, I've known about this for a while, but now, oh, yeah. the, now the information is coming out. Like it's, now the people like me are learn, learning about it. If you breathe in lunar dust, it can be really bad because it's very, very, very small particles. Oh, and they're small okay. enough they can go into your lungs. And they're ridiculously sharp. The regolith, the, the surfacey rocks, are really sharp. And they'll tear your lungs apart. All this microscopic damage mm. over periods of time. And so then you start coughing it's up blood. It's good that we discovered that. I'm making a note here. Huge success. <laughs> that sounds like a portal reference. It is a portal reference. Because uh, they went to the moon. Because there was, yeah. the, there was discussion about moon dust injuring people in the second game. Was there? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's how... Um, I, I, I feel like there's... I, I should... Spoilers. Spoilers? Spoilers. It's been enough for... time. been enough time. Spo- spoilers of Portal 2. Spoilers of Portal 2 for yes. the next 15 seconds. Seconds, yes. There's a, the guy in charge, Clint... Something or other, or the, oh yes, the boss, yes, yes, yes. He died of like cancer, lung cancer, mm. because of all, inhaling all the moon dust. Oh. He crushed the moon dust up by himself. Right, but anyway, the, the moon's kind of important in Portal too. The other problem is it's very sharp, as I said, and can wear down your skin as well. So if you get inside your space, it's abrasive. Suit, it's very abrasive. Sell it as a skin cream. You can, Chicks they, love gr- grinding off their face, but but you don't want to get in your lungs. You don't want anywhere near you. And of course, but you do I want it to fill in their uh, well. wrinkles. So they're also what. <laughs> So basically, this is the problem. It's too small. It's too small. This dust is way too small. It's been ground down and ground down. So it's very, very dangerous to humans. Why is it ground down so fine on the moon? Why is it ground down so fine on the moon? Yeah. Because lots of impacts over time. They don't get, it doesn't get subducted back under the surface due to ge- geological processes. Oh, it's, it's just okay. a dust. It's and too, also, it's too it's, quiet. It's um, a well, place. It, no, but also all the radiation, all that breaks down molecules bit by bit and just oh, breaks wow. everything apart. So you've got the actual physical action of things hitting it, but more to the point, you've got all this radiation just sleeting in and it's breaking up banks. Just and you've got endless. They're really worried. They didn't actually know for certain when they had landed on the moon in 1969 whether or not the the Apollo would sink. would sink directly into like 20 feet of dust. They didn't know, and that's one of the things Neil Armstrong had to do was to go make a decision at the last minute and go get out of here and like boost out, but because they'd waited so long and they had no fuel left they, they wouldn't have got off if, if it had been if he'd made that decision when they made it like when, when they tried to land it, they wouldn't have got anywhere it would have been a terrible, oh, right. terrible tragedy but it wasn't it was solid they, but they didn't they went it could be three inches it could be 30 feet we're not terribly sure we have a good idea but we're not terribly sure that's scary that's a bit scary yeah that's scary anyway the moon is toxic so next time you go to the moon no rug so, up no wonder he was so excited about one small step it's like, it could have been a 20-foot step, and that would have f***ed everything. Oh, my God!
The Apollo. The Apollo sits on top. Your Falcon is just sitting directly on one plinth of rock. It's the only actual rock you've Poof. Neil? Neil? It's Buzz. Neil? Oh. Yay! I'm the first man on the moon! You're the first man in the moon! <laughs> the man in the moon. Help, I'm in the moon! If you believe. Dan! I've been invited to a remote island in the Pacific Ocean to hunt. Hunt? I didn't know you were into hunting. I'm not really, but this is a special island where they let you hunt the most dangerous game. The most dangerous game? Yes. Wink, wink. Ah. Oh, you mean lions. Lions are pretty wicked predators. No, the most dangerous game. Elephants. Not much can stop a charging elephant. No, the most dangerous game. Hmm. Ah, I've got it. Hippos. Hippos kill more people per year in Africa than any other animal. No, the most dangerous game. The most dangerous game. Yes. Nope, not getting it. Humans. People kill more people every year than all the animals combined. I'm being invited to a secret Pacific island to hunt humans. The most dangerous game. But, wait, if that's the criteria, then humans aren't the most dangerous game. What? Mosquitoes would be the most dangerous game. What? Mosquitoes spread malaria, and malaria kills 1.3 to 3 million people each year. Therefore, mosquitoes are the most dangerous game. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the most dangerous game now, mosquitoes? Who's the most dangerous game now? Okay, zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. I know that some people are not going to be prepared. (laughs) Foolish people. Ah, so you're prepared for a zombie apocalypse. I like to think so. I have beans in my cupboard. Beans. Beans. What, in buckets? No, like baked beans in cans. In cans? I have canned food. Oh, good. Well, canned food will save us? Yes. But how much do you know about cans? Cans? It's a nice place to the north? No, no. Brisbane? Tins. Tins? Yes. Well, they'll last forever and ever and ever. In all the apocalyptic movies, people find thousands of year old cans of food and they eat it and it's fine. I wondered a bit about this. Uh Uh-oh. And so I did a lot of research (laughs) into tins and canning. Everything's fine? No. Uh No. For instance, if one of your tins of beans Mm -hmm. sort of all swollen up. Yes. Yeah, that's not good. Right. You know why? It's full of gas. Full of gas. Mm. The gas is created by... The botulism bacteria. Ooh, I love that. So it means that it wasn't sterile ah. when it was canned. Well, I mean, the sterilization happens after it's canned yes. by heating it. But if it wasn't properly sterile after that, yep. you could use an autoclave. Yes. Ooh. And that's like that's like steaming something at 120 degrees right. okay. in a vacuum or something. Yes. Uh, it's, <laughs> You're making things up. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, it steams it at 120 degrees, and they do that for medical instruments mm. and mm. stuff like that. And right. tattoo. And, and tins things. of beans, it seems. Some foods. Oh. Not sure about the beans. But if there's some botulism in there, mm. then it creates gases and it makes the tin swell up mm-hmm. and sometimes leak. 
because of the pressures Ooh. inside. Right. So if you've got leaking cans or swollen cans, that's not good. Now, what about you take your can of beans and you open it up and you eat some beans? Then what do you do? Zombies at the door, you leave the beans. What, yes. what do you do with the beans? Well, you, well, no, I wouldn't eat them. I wouldn't save them. Once you've opened the can, that's it. You've you got to eat all the beans. You could refrigerate them. No, no, it's a zombie apocalypse. There's no fuel. There's no electricity. It's just me and the zombies, my shotgun, and my can of beans. What about an icebox? Okay. Because you're only going to have so much food. Food is valuable. You're trying to make me eat old beans. I'm not doing it, Dan. I'm way ahead of you. Really? Eat the can. I'm going to eat all the beans. I'm going to throw down. I'll go, wait up, zombie. So why can't you do that? Because it'll get full of horrible... The bacteria will jump on it and go... Rah. Bacteria? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, beans could probably last for a couple of days. If it's refrigerated, no, a week or two. Right. But yeah. would, could you put the can of beans straight back into the fridge? But if there's a zombie attack, me, no. It's between me and the fridge? There's a little bit of time. Oh, right, okay, sorry, right. That's a, you made it sound a lot more... Sorry, there's, there's, a, there's okay. less urgency Okay, hang on. So, eight minutes, it kind of moves ahead. So, I fought off the zombie, I've run back to my readout, and I've broken into my door, and I've gone boop, 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 yep. and I've gone inside and gone, oh, thank God I was still holding a can of beans. And you open up the, well, you open up the fridge. Yes. And, I, which is I put still it running. In. I just put it in and go, yeah, yeah boom. And I go, oh, and I, then, eat, I eat you later, beans. Yep. And then you come back yep. four or five days later, four yep. days later. Can you eat the beans? Sure. Nothing can stop me. i got a shotgun. I'll, I'll hit you with it if you try and stop me. Nice. Yep. Yeah, you can. Good. can. But what if you got tin poisoning? Tin poisoning? Tin poisoning. What? Yeah. Because when they first started, well, lead poisoning first. Yes. I knew that. That's what took, they think that's one of the theories is that's what's killed the Roman Empire. They had lead pipes in their sewage and the oh. water. And so they drank lead all the time. So oh, don't do that. One of the theories is over enough time, decades, of course, everyone is just whack full of lead oh, and their okay. intellect drops and they all get a bit kind of stupid. That was I don't, I don't know how good a theory yeah. this is. Interesting theory. Anyway, but yeah. you're talking about tin poisoning. Yeah. But now uh, you've got your tin can. Yes. It's not all tin. <gasps> what? Yeah, I'm it's robbed. It's tin-plated steel. That sounds better. Yeah, because steel is heavier. Right. Uh, oh, sorry, steel is cheaper. Mm-hmm. And quite strong, but it corrodes. So the tin uh, stops it from corroding. Right. Then what they did is they sealed the tin up mm-hmm. with some lead solver. Excellent. Not good. No. No. In <laughs> fact, uh, there was a, in the late 1800s, I think there was a bunch of people who went out to the Arctic and they lived on tin food for three years. Yes. All got lead poisoning. Uh oh. Yeah. Not good. Uh-oh. Not good. So they stopped doing that. Right. Oh, thank goodness. And to seal tins now, what they do is they get these machines and they fold the rim over, and then they fold the rim over again and again. And it's it sort of... It's like a samurai sword. It curls in on itself four times or something, and the seal is so tight that it's better than soldering it or welding oh. it on. Oh, cool. Okay. That sounds well, I'm perfectly safe then. Yeah. So uh, I, can't, I can't eat beans from a tin yeah. four or eight days after it's refrigerated. Except the tin. Except the tin. The tin. Oh. Yeah, because there's no more lead, yes. but you'll still get tin poisoning. Oh, and is that bad? Tin poisoning is quite bad. Uh, it can make you vomit uh-huh. quite badly. And I vomiting. Terrible diarrhea. That's hard to run from zombies. Nausea. Uh, also bad for zombie hunting, yes. Uh, very, very sick. Oh. Not fatal. Oh, that's right then. Yeah, unless you poo yourself to death. but Right. But not fatal. Like, right. The tin <laughs> actually doesn't stay in your body for very long. Okay. In fact, they did some experiments and injected tin into bones oh. of animals. Oh. And it was still out of their system in 40 days. Right. Oh, that's okay then. So the problem there is the zombie, it might just slow me down enough for a zombie to get me. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, but, and you don't want to be sick. No. Not a zombie So problem. you want to avoid being sick. Okay. So, so tin eating is a bit difficult then. What you're yeah. going to say here is eating from tins is not the best idea. Not the best I idea. I can't get fruit, fresh fruit and veggies unless I'm going to start eating my cohort, my friends, 
you know, possible. Mm. Now, that, that's okay. So you open up your tin and, and there's a little bit of tin in the food. Yes. Now, if you left it open, the oxygen in the environment reacts with the tin and makes it break down faster. Uh-huh. So in about five days, there's four times as much tin in your food as there was. Ooh. And that can make you a bit sick, especially if, you, if you've got very acidic foods. So right. tomatoes, yes. uh, lychees. Uh, beans. The beans are not very acidic. Beans aren't too bad. Yeah, okay. You know what really f*** you up? What's that? Pineapple. Pineapple. Pineapple's like... Oh, yeah, because of acidic. Yeah, yes. it's about four <gasps> times as acidic as anything else, except champignon mushrooms. Right. Damn it, I like mushrooms. Yeah. I'm a vegetarian. It's... Lots of mushrooms are fine. It's the champignon oh, right. ones, which is the problem. Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> so they're too Damn acidic. French. Damn the French, trying to kill me in the zombie apocalypse. I knew they were out to get me. I shouldn't have yelled, hey, Frenchie, at that French person once. Uh, There's some sort of hive mind, I tell you. Now, about 40 years ago, they started to replace some of these tin-plated steel cans mm. with something a little bit easier to work with yes, and uh, probably a little bit cheaper. Where can I get these because, things? Because uh, the old ones, you'd make a cylinder out of stin-coated teal mm. and you'd put a top and a bottom on you them. You said stin-toted, stin-toted teal. Stin-toted teal. Sounds like a lovely dress. It does. This tin-coated steel <laughs> cylinder would have a top and a bottom oh. folded onto them. Mm-hmm. Now, what they've done is they've replaced it with aluminium. And Yay! aluminium is a lot easier to work with. Yes. And so they actually just punch a single piece of bucket yeah. out of the tin, and then they put a lid on top of it. The tin is still steel-coated teal. No, wait. Steel, <laughs> tin-coated steel. Right. So uh, only a little bit is now actually tin. A little though. bit of, yeah. So you've reduced mm. a lot of the surface area, still mm. a bit of tin up the top. Right. That's uh, good then. So I want those. Aluminium is quite expensive though. It's funny. It's amazing in the past. It's amazing how the world we live in. We have aluminium everything now, but aluminium was actually quite hard to make and, well, well quite hard to refine uh, and it required a, a, quite a high level technology. So in the past, aluminium was more valuable than gold. But nowadays, of course, we just, blah, 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 mm. blah, we just throw it around like no one's been bauxite. Yay. We have no, Australia is full of bauxite. So. I used to work at a bauxite. Tailings yeah. Dam. Oh, there you go. Smelt like sulfur. Ooh, that's interesting. Mm, yes, that's it was. It was interesting. Yeah, that's the word for it. Yeah. <laughs> Part of my job was just to churn around there on a speedboat. That's <laughs> kind of interesting. That's kind of cool. I mean, it's all dead. Yeah. My day job is to hoon around in a speedboat. Yeah. Lovely. No birds. Yeah. No fish. No, no, no. No nothing. No life. Except for sulfur. Yeah. Tailing down would be very, 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 very acidic, I assume. Uh, it was a bit acidic. Mm. If you put your your hand into the water, mm. it would probably tingle a bit. Mm. If you didn't wash for a couple of days and you tended to do that, yeah. you're probably going to have a slightly bald hand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, I tried to avoid that, but my job was to make it much more acidic by pumping oh. acid into it, sulfuric <laughs> acid into it. So, Good job. Tam. Yeah. That's my... So it's the apocalypse. We'll come down to the apocalypse now. But the apocalypse of dying from yes. tin poisoning. Yes. So you've got a bit of tin on the top. Mm. Still... A little bit of a concern for very for stuff like pineapple and stuff. Mm. So what they did was they coated the entire inside with an epoxy resin. Mm. And that actually puts a, a small barrier between them and it reduces the amount of tin in your food 50-fold. Oh, thank goodness. And that's been happening pretty consistently through all tin food for the last 10, 15 years. Hang on, so all this, you've been worrying me for nothing. So eating tin food is what I can do with the zombie apocalypse. Pretty much so. Oh. Yeah. In fact, you can put tin food in the fridge yes. and then bring it out a week later and the tin won't have damaged the food at all. There, there will go. be no increase in tin. With pineapple, sometimes you taste a bit of 
tin mm. in it. And, and so I'd probably avoid doing it with pineapple and champignons. Yes. But yeah, not a problem right. sticking it in the fridge. There we go. So, zombie killers, oh, now you know. Oh, I forgot one thing. What's that? Well, I read on a website that <laughs> some people are a bit scared about the epoxy resin. No, they would be. Yeah, yeah They'd, they'd be, be epoxy people. They're, <laughs> no, it was one of these crazy conspiracy sites that says mm. that, uh, the chemicals from the resin can leach into your food and affect the development of fetuses and babies oh. and all that sort of guff. Right. And it sounded like one of those healthy, and they're like, no, no, must be all organically yes. grown must stuff. Must wrap your beans and nothing but a yes. banana leaf. Yes, yes, yes. I went, that looks like crap. And mm. I looked it up, and it's not. Oh. And the <laughs> FDA are like, no, actually, this could be a problem. Oh, uh, so the, the, the resin itself puts out chemicals into the food. There is a chemical Oops. called bisphenol A. Uh-oh. It's used in the canning process. There are concerns that it affects the behavior, uh, brain, and prostate glands of fetuses, babies, and children. It's also linked to the narrowing of arteries. Oh. And Campbell's, of Campbell's soup fame, yes. are actually removing that from their processes uh. as we speak. The longer you use the store them in your cans, yes. or the, the warmer that they are when they're stored the more of this chemical comes out. So you can't sort of cook on oh, a can. Right. You can't stick oh. your can of beans over a it fire and hotter. cook it. Damn it! That's how I was going to survive the zombie apocalypse. I know. Nothing but cold beans for me then. So oh. what I need to tell you is you have got to get yourself a Pyrex dish yes. just to heat those guys up. That's another thing I'll be carrying on my back. Yeah. Uh, no, what about no. skulls? Skulls of the dead. Um, as long as you autoclave it first. I can, uh, in a very hot fire. Sounds like a plan. Autoclaved from his shoulders. <laughs> I'm set. You were talking about a chemical from the epoxy resin that can stunt baby growth. It's phenyl A. Phenyl A, that's right. And now we're going to go to the very old. Because, you know, the ageing population of Australia and, mm-hmm. and, the, and actually the first world is we're getting older. We don't have as many children, therefore the population is getting older. And there's a lot of worry about who's going to look after us and, and what are we going to do with all these old people. Like, and nature has got an answer. What, what, what do you want to do with old people, Dan? What would you like Throw to do? Throw them into a volcano. There you go. Throw them into a volcano. Sensible, like dinosaurs. Sensible policy for a better No, Brisbane. because they're no good anymore. Oh. Once they get old and haggard, <laughs> like they, they're just going to slow down the tribe. That's true. Mm, yes, let's watch out for that. So there's a lot of talk. Boom, suddenly everyone's caught by tigers. <laughs> <laughs> now, the problem with that is, is people say, well, now young, old people can offer a lot, a lot of knowledge and, and, and interest. But, but yeah, is it about how to avoid tigers? Because uh, well, otherwise, I'm not interested. <laughs> but nature has found an answer, and that is explode them for safety. Wait. That's even better. That's Wait, even what? <laughs> I know, nature's much more exciting than we are. So there are termites in French Guinea, and their, their name is Neocapritermes terechia, and they have only just been sort of discovered, and people were, were working through there, the scientists, and they saw these strange termites that, that, that wouldn't look like the normal termites. They had worn-down mandibles, and they went, oh, these are older termites. They had these weird blue spots on them. And when they picked up the termite, the damn thing went bang and exploded. The, what, they discovered, wow. what they discovered is the older the termite gets, the more they start to accumulate this, these blue crystals, these explosive blue crystals on their body. And it, it's, it's a base on copper. That's why it's blue. It's, it's a copper-based oh, okay. compound. That's why it's blue. And it mixes, when you pick it up or upset this animal or this insect, then it explodes. And it's a defense mechanism. Not just explodes and shoots you with goo or something to upset you. Lots of insects do that. No, this actually just goes, bang! 
bang! And the concussive Right, like a firecracker. Like a firecracker. And it goes off. They, these biologists are really excited by this because it, they've seen exploding insects before, but normally they're the soldier cast. So the soldier cast mm. designed to explode. These aren't. These are just all different casts. As they get older, they just accumulate these blue crystals. And then when you annoy them enough, they just go, enough of this crap! I'm going out! <laughs> oh, think my about, goodness. And they, so they can walk up to another insect. Basically, if something bigger and nasty than tries to eat them, they explode. And in the end, I suppose... If you're an insect, another insect trying to eat them, or a spider or something, or a bird, you just go, I'm not going to touch, attack those termites, because there's a good chance that one of those buggers is going to blow my beak off, or my mandibles. It's a termite, and it's amalgam, an amalgam of terminal and dynamite. That's, <laughs> that's, that's why they're called termites. Termites. Kaboom! <laughs> so watch out if you're in French Guinea and you find a blue-spotted termite. Don't pick it up. It may take your finger off. I keep hearing stories about you. What's your problem with me, Black Hat Pete? This town ain't big enough for the both of us. I anticipated this conundrum, and I have accelerated the entire universe past us at 99.9999% speed of light. Now, due to Lorentz contractions, that means the length of the universe in the direction of travel is being reduced by a significant amount and therefore from our frame of reference the universe seems to be a lot smaller thereby making the town big enough for the both of us <laughs> ah you you shot me but how is that possible i was moving backwards and therefore the bullet when it reached the place I was, I would no longer have been. And when the bullet reached that point, I would have moved back infinitesimally. And when the bullet reached that point, I would have moved back even more infinitesimally. And now, for a new segment called Riddle Me This. Just going to happen more than once? We'll see. I've got a couple of them, so maybe, Dan. Yeah. Maybe, Dan. Right. It will happen more than once. I'm 100% on board. I should was... I put some Batman sound effects at the beginning of that? You should have had it. Yes, yeah, you should. Right. Definitely, definitely put something in there. All right. Manny. Riddle me this. Now, I was very impressed with Dan recently. We were at a party and we were chatting away and I dropped a riddle on him that it took me a long time to work out. In fact, I didn't work it out. I got it wrong. And Dan, uh, right. and Dan worked it out in about six seconds flat. But I was very impressed and I went, well, Dan's a clever little monkey, isn't I he? I am a bit. He's a clever monkey. So I went and found some others to test Dan's brain and uh, you, listener, I... as well. So make sure you're yelling at your pod device, your radio, or however you're listening to this to help Dan out. He and when he says pod device, he means your music player? Yes. Not the vehicle that you landed on Earth in? That's, well, maybe, maybe it was a secret coded message to my uh, attack clones. Thank you. Or maybe that's what they're listening to the podcast on, is that like the radio, like the, oh, the music device. Is, we never, we are the spot. worst invaders ever. The point, okay, here we, go, here we, go, here we have our... Are we We've got to go and invade them. Hang on, I just want to listen to the end of this. Those men, they're so charming. And so they, that one who cackles like an idiot. <gasps> my heart has been changed. One of my six hearts has been changed, and I no longer want to overcome these precious, precious monkeys. <laughs> apes. We're apes. Okay, enough of this rubbish. I want you to listen carefully, Dan and dear listener, for here is your mental challenge you have to work through. Okay. There is an island. Hooray! On the island, there is a dragon and a knight. 
and they hate each other a lot, and they're trying to kill each other. Mortal enemies. Mortal enemies, and they'll do whatever they can to kill each other. Okay. On that island, it's a deserted island in the middle of the ocean. They can't get off the island. Mm-hmm. Even the dragon can't fly away. It can fly. It can't fly far enough to get off this island, so it can, you know, has to always come back to the island. Okay. Thermals, I'm assuming. Yeah, something like that. They can't get off the island. This is, this is the thought process. On the island, there are ten pools. pools. Ten pools. And they're numbered from one to ten. Number one is at, the, at pretty much ocean level on the beach, and number 10 is at the top of the highest volcano on the island. Oh, okay. So each one is a level. So we'll have one, level two, level three, level four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One progressively higher than the one before. Okay, yes. The thing about these pools yes. is if you drink from them, you will die. You will okay, die. I've solved the riddle. Hang on. Don't drink from the pools, right. you'll die. <laughs> so if you drink from the pools, you will die. But to be saved, there is a cure, and that's to drink from a pool that's one higher than you just drank from. So if you, if you drink from pool oh, number one, oh, okay. you're poisoned, but you'll die in an hour, so you have time to get to pool number two, two, and you drink from that, and it just gets rid of all the poison. Okay. So you just only drink from one higher. Now, what's interesting is the knight can climb all the way to pool number nine. Yes. But he can't go any higher. It's a, it's a vertical cliff face for 100 meters. He can't get any higher. The dragon can drink from any of the pools one to ten. So the knight can only drink from one to nine. Yes. Dragon can drink from 1 to 10. Yes. So these two have been fighting and fighting for years, and finally they just had enough. They can't win. They can't defeat each other. So they finally make a decision. They're going to use their wits to kill each other. They're mm-hmm. going to come to a, a, a gentlemanly slash dracony agreement and, and find one last battle of wits. And so what they say is you will go get a cup of water from any of the pools and you will give it to the other one, and they must drink it. So the dragon will get a cup of water, give it to the knight. The knight must drink it. The knight will get a, a cup of water for the dragon. The dra- dragon must drink it. Also, oh, bite one, one each. One each. One after the, the other. Well, well they, they swap them over at the same time, and they drink at the same yes. time. Okay, so there's no, no waiting it out. Basically, they yeah. go, I have a cup, you have a cup. Swap over, drink. An hour later, they do this, and an hour later, the dragon is dead, but the knight is alive. How? Okay, okay. So they only do it once. Only do it once. Remember, the dragon can go all the way to ten. The knight can only go to nine. Yet, somehow, the knight is alive and the dragon is dead. Okay. Okay. So, so if I was the dragon, mm-hmm. I would want to give the knight water that he couldn't save himself from. Yes. So uh, what I'm assuming is that they both gave each other some water... And then they also then had the opportunity to go and... Drink. They have an hour. They have an hour to go do whatever they like. Yeah. And then one will die or not. And, and one of them could be... One of the things they could do is go and drink water from the highest yes. pool possible. Yes. Because then they... So any pool that's higher than, from them yes. will make them better. Yes. So if I was the dragon, mm-hmm. I would have given the knight water from the top pool. Yes. Because then there's no water to save himself. Yes. And if I was the knight, I would want to give... It wouldn't matter what water I gave to the dragon because he would, because then he would just go to the top pool and drink from the top. That seems pool. right. Yes. Right. So, what, okay, if I was the knight, mm-hmm. what I would do is I would try to trick the dragon by giving him fresh water that would, came from none of these pools, and the dragon would then go to the top pool, the tenth pool, just to make sure that he saved himself from the poison water, mm-hmm. little realising that he'd just drunk the water that had no pool above it and had poisoned himself because he was only drinking from one of those pools for the first time. Very good. And the dragon dies. Very good. Dragon dies. Yes. 
Now, of course, why doesn't the knight die? Because the dragon would... So just explain it to the audience. Make clear. So you've worked it out. Well done. That yeah. first half you worked out. So yes, you just hand the dragon a just normal everyday drinking water. He drinks it. He goes, I must be poisoned. He races up to number 10. He drinks oh, the worst poison. Oh. He dies. Yes. So he dies. Now the knight, though, how does the knight, how does the knight survive? The knight, because the... Because the so the, the dragon hands him the cup yes. of water mm-hmm. that comes from the 10th pool. Yes. And then... They have to drink it directly. If there's no trick there, he has no to drink. He drink, has they, to drink from the directly the at that point. Pool. Yes, they both drink exactly the same time. Yes. Oh, because before the the, the challenge, the knight drank from the ninth pool. Yes. He drank his own water from the ninth pool. Yes. And so the drink that the dragon gave him cures gave, him. Cures him. Well done, Dan. So to explain that for the audience once again for the audience. So the knight drinks from the low any pool. Let's say number one poisons himself. The dragon hands the knight. The dragon doesn't know this. Hands the knight the, the water from the tenth pool, curing the knight. Yes. The knight gives the dragon no poison. And no poison water at all, just another sort of water on the island. The dragon races off and poisons itself from level 10 and dies. Well done, Dan. High five. Yay. Well done. And now, listener, I hope you worked that one out as well. That's, that was actually, Dan actually worked that out really well. That's a really nice riddle. That came from Tom in London. Thank you, Tom. Oh, that's a good for one. For sending that riddle. That was an awesome riddle from Tom. I hope you got it before I did, audience. So, you got it faster than me, I must admit. You, you did get it faster than me. And to be perfectly honest, I will be perfectly honest, but I couldn't work out how the dragon is dead. Uh-huh. And I never worked that out because I didn't think uh, Machiavellian enough to go get water from outside the uh, the pool system. Well done, Dan. Hey. Give a round of applause, for, ladies and gentlemen. That was very clever of Dan for working it out. And that was Riddle Me This. More Batman noises. More Batman noises. <laughs> well, we're back again for the Walk of Shame. Walk of Shame. A segment where we explain why it sounded like we were wrong, but it turns out we probably weren't. <laughs> that's, that's not what it is at all. not what it is at no, all. No, no. Was, you know, the walk of shame is important to us because we make mistakes. It's a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance, and science learns more from the mistakes than it learns from being right most of the time. So we are here, I'm very honest, and we make mistakes, and our audience sends them in our mistakes, and we like to talk about them here on the, on the podcast itself. So thank you very much for sending them in. And now, Dan, shame me, shame yourself, shame the listeners, shame everyone. Okay. Sh- expose your shame. <laughs> Last podcast, mm. we were talking about asthma. Mm. And we went, no, 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 not asthma, mm-hmm. asthma. Asthma. Yeah. Asthma. Turns out, not asthma. Oh, damn it. Asthma. Asthma. Yeah. So it's a th Oh, ath was wrong. Oh, right. But yes. the correct one is asthma. That's what I thought I was saying. Asthma. Not I, asthma. I was saying asthma. Oh, okay. I was very confusing. No, I was saying asthma. <laughs> I was getting it wrong. So asthma. And I was very definitively getting it wrong. Saying, <laughs> okay. This is so very is much it's right. As- it's asthma. 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 It's, and it's not Americans. Asthma. Sorry, it's not asthma. That's totally wrong. It's asthma. Okay, got it. Okay. Thank you. Now, I was saying that the longest sentence in the world that used the same word all the way through was buffalo, 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 buffalo. And if that doesn't make any sense to you, please go back and listen to it, that podcast. We're not going through this again. Indeed. <laughs> but uh, as uh, Medway pointed out to me, mm-hmm. it's the longest one is actually buffalo, 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 buffalo. That's eight. That's eight of them. And you were only saying seven. I was only saying seven. <laughs> So, yeah, well done, Medway. That's awesome. 
because well, I forgot that the buffalo at the beginning could also be a buffalo buffalo, so a buffalo from buffalo. <laughs> so I just so it's so the longest sentence you can with the one word that we know of so far is buffalo 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 buffalo. Yes, right, and that's perfectly grammatically correct. Yes, right, and if you don't understand it, tough. <laughs> Because we're not explaining it again, as I said. I had this sent to me as well. We had a song about the quarks, one of our songs, and I said that it was John Green had written the song, Up, Down, Strange, Quark, Top Mm -hmm. and Bottom, that one. And it's not. It was actually Hank Green, I'm sorry, who wrote that song. Now, they're brothers, and they're awesome, Ah. and you should listen to them. Don't forget to be awesome, that whole stuff. It's a a very good thing that they do. They write letters back and forth on the internet, and they're very exciting and interesting people. He's also written one of them. I don't know which one now. I've forgotten. I think John Green has written the book, but Hank Green is the one who wrote that song. Ah. So it all gets very confusing. So thank you very much for pointing it out to me, uh, internet. (laughs) This one is actually a pretty important one. In episode seven of the podcast... (laughs) 20 episodes ago... December of 2010. (laughs) And we were talking to Dr. Joel Gilmore Mm -hmm. about the greenhouse effect and the experiments that you could do involving carbon dioxide. Mm, mm. And I said, can you do an experiment where you put carbon dioxide in one box and oxygen in another box and the carbon dioxide box will heat up faster? Mm. And you said, yes, this is an experiment that we do at primary schools in in high schools yes Uh, high schools yes and and joel didn't jump in or anything yes and i learned the other day that's not the greenhouse effect that's not how it works and in fact there was a guy a right-wing guy who did that experiment with clear wrap like plastic wrap wrap, yes wrap and went see the temperatures don't change and someone came along and went there's a really good reason for that Mm -hmm. now the greenhouse effect is determined by the difference in temperature between the added infrared absorber, in mm-hmm. this case CO2, and the surface. You could mimic the true greenhouse effect if you could build a several-layer system and put CO2 in the top layer but thermally insulate it from the lower layer. Uh. So, so there's something, there's, there's a lot more going on there yeah. than I understand. Okay, you know, um, I think he was getting out there. Yeah, okay. So it's the greenhouse, it, what it does, it's... Light comes from Chad. It comes through our atmosphere. It strikes the ground. It's absorbed by the ground, and it's re-emitted as infrared. So it's re-emitted as heat. It bounces back into the out, in, sorry, out into space. Before it can get there, the CO2 absorbs some of it, mm-hmm. and it scatters some back down towards the ground and some off into space, because just in all directions, okay. of course. So now you've got this, some of it being bounced back towards the Earth, where it's absorbed by the ground, and it's you know, bounced back up. So it bounces back and forth, while still more energy is coming from the sun. So we get more and more build up inside mm-hmm. so that's that's what the co2 does i see what he's saying there though so the carbon re-emission. dioxide isn't necessarily heating up more than N- normal no air i i don't know what i was saying then i apologize listeners it seems i have led you down a merry path but of... that's all right because tw- uh, 20 months later <laughs> we have resolved the problem thank you very much who was that we should give him a round of applause uh that was me you worked it out uh well i found it online <laughs> i went through the article and went wait a second this is did you actually check the internet then? Did you check that episode? Did I actually say that? That's what I remember you saying. Oh! <laughs> uh oh. <Uh-oh. laughs>
another walk of shame next week, possibly. <laughs> Maybe. No, no, it's good. It's good to explain it. Yes. It's, it's such a contentious issue and people will pick on the stupidest things because mm. it's a very complicated system. Yeah. And, and we are going to say things incorrectly. It doesn't mean the science is wrong. It doesn't mean that this is not happening. It just means that schlebs like myself don't can't explain it perfectly. Mm. We need to go back and try and explain it better and better. Refine our explanations. Yeah. So otherwise, what the hell are we doing? Shame. 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 That would be the true shame. That's true. That's is true. not acknowledging our mistakes. Now, Mr. Steve Derlich from the Cheap Astro. Oh, f***ing <laughs> hell, really? Actually, the no, no, guy no. will not get off my case. <laughs> no, it's me this time. Don't worry, it's me. Oh. No, 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 Woo, he, and, and, in fact, he even wrote this time. He wrote in going, uh, you know, hey, hey, Greg, uh, here's some mistakes you've made. By the way, don't mention it's me because everyone's probably going to go, oh, hell, it's that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Steve. But no, it's good to know that someone who knows what he's talking about is keeping us honest. I was talking <laughs> about, we were discussing one of the past podcasts about sizes of animals. And in the end, you can't get too big an animal because the weight of the animal increases much far, far, faster, the mass and the weight. Than the, the square ground. root and of the, the yeah, gravity. Yeah. The, 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 um, Their ankles are just shattered shatter. to dust. I, of course, he pointed out, if we're going to get pedantic about this... They could exist in space. They could exist in space. Space Godzilla. And, and also saying there wouldn't be enough oxygen. I kind of knew what I was saying, and I realised mm. I did not explain it very well. So as he pointed out, that if it's, if it's on ground level, it doesn't really matter. But also, in the end, the density of a leg is, is a very different thing to the square of the area of, its, of a cross-section of its leg. Density, of course, is... The mass divided by volume. Now, if you just have a square area of the leg, there's no volume in that, is there? It's, it's, it's a cross-section. So it, we, I, I use the word density and square, the, the area of the leg, in the same sentence, as if they were the same thing. Ah, so okay. density requires volume and mass, where area is just pi r squared of the if it, cylindrical leg. That's what it was. Oh, okay. So I apologize for that. I should have been a bit more precise. And you could still have a very wide surface area leg and have it not very dense at all. It could be made of marshmallows or it could be made of feathers and the density uh. would be quite low. What I meant was, in, in the end, as the density increases and the surface area, the volume, I should say, surface volume, not surface volume, the volume of the leg increased and it would still collapse down as it got bigger. So you could have Godzilla if his legs were made of marshmallow, is what uh, you're saying. No, no, the, 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 you would need more density, not less density. Uh, right. I don't, I still think what I'm saying saying is correct I think in the end you can only go to a certain size with the structures that nature can use to build legs uh. but it's very hard, and it's a lot of different, as Mr. Nolik points out, there's a lot of different variables in there. I should have been a lot more he, precise. He tends to pick on you a bit, actually. And rightly so. I, I call myself a science teacher, and, and I should be held to account. I never get it. And, and part of me is like, oh, man, I never make mistakes. But then reality kicks back in, and I realize he's listening and going, I don't know where to start. <laughs> Do you like people? You and I are a bit different in this case. Uh, I, I love... The idea of people, yeah. the concept of people really excites me in clever yeah. people going to Mars. Yeah. I'm not good individual one-on-one. Oh, okay. I so think, lots of people? Yeah, yeah. Groups should, of, so we should go into a big group of thousands and thousands of people no. and hang out with, with <laughs> a million people that would all put, in the same area. That would freak me out. It would? Yes. So you've got, a, you've got a, an irrational fear of crowds. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a, I think it's quite a rational fear of crowds, but... Then you'd be right. <laughs> Because a fear of crowds turns out to be quite a rational thing. Oh, good. Yay, I'm rational!
because you've obviously heard of certain places where there have been lots of people and then there have been this panic and stampede and people have been crushed yes. and injured and killed. I've been in situations like that as a young lad, so yes. And, and, and there were some people in a 2010 Love Parade Techno Music Festival in Duisburg, Germany. Now, it was all at an event place that had one entrance exit, mm-hmm. uh, designed for about 250,000 people. Ooh. Reports were that there could have been up to a million people <gasps> in this place all at the Ugh. same time. Ugh, give me the heebies. Now, there was this, this, this sort of panicky stampede thing. Mm. 500 people injured, 21 people died. Wow. But, I mean, if this was a love festival. Yes. People were like, how could this have happened at this sort of festival where everyone was there just to have a good time? No one was going to initiate any aggressive behaviour. Mm-hmm. And then they got in a professor from Zurich who specialises in particle physics mm. stuff. Now, if you've got a, an enclosure with a lots of, like a, a bunch of people, but they're all separate, mm. then they sort of move around like a gas. Oh, okay. Yep. So they, they, they just whiz straight past it. They can pretty much run and yeah. not run into each other. Mm. Then you get them closer together, people move like a fluid. Mm. When a bunch of people push in one way, they kind of, they, they separate out and they can move around each other mm. quite successfully. Mm. If you pack people in really tightly, they move like a granular solid, right. like sand or something. Okay. Now... If one person pushes against the next person, they're going to push against the next person, push against the next person, and those sort of forces start to add up. Mm. And so without anyone wanting to go anywhere in particular, these forces start to accumulate and double up on each other. And then suddenly you've got these huge forces pushing their way through this granular material, which is made of human bodies. And suddenly people are falling over, getting crushed, and and then the panic starts. Yes, yeah. And then people are getting upset. And this seems to happen quite a lot more often than people realise. And it's not anyone being assertive or aggressive or being a douchebag. It's just what happens when you pack that many people in together. So, just to be safe, be (laughs) antisocial. I've actually been in situations where at the front of concerts, no one's technically pushing on you, but you are so much pressure on you. It's scary to the point where some big friend, the fiend, a friend of ours, the fiend, he's a very big man indeed. He actually starts becoming this amazing break for little people to stand in front, he actually puts his hands out and leans back so that younger females that he friends of his stand in front of him so they don't get murdered because he can sort of take a bit more force and put braces on. He's a big fellow. But then the person behind you is apologizing. I'm sorry, but you're wondering why he's hitting you so hard. He's not. As you said, it's the whole crowd has just yep. surged forward because the, the, they want to get closer to that. If you just move six inches forward, suddenly everyone's moved six inches forward and mm. you've, got, you've got a thousand people pushing on you. It, it is quite worrying. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I read a, a, a paper about this. I'll see if I can find it so if you have an exit way that's just you know, two doors wide and there are thousands of people trying to go through it in a fire or a stampede kind of situation mm-hmm. they worked out a way with this granular solid idea to stop people being murdered is to try and break them up more like a fluid again they actually said you have to put a bollard in the center of the door in front of the door so about two meters in front ah. of the door you put a bollard to the ceiling not a big one just just a pole and you think what a dumb idea but no it means people have to flow around it mm. and for some reason that makes it more like a, a liquid and, and it means you're not being smashed into the walls they don't jam yeah they don't jam that's right and, and it means you break up and suddenly you haven't got that you haven't got all the people trying to go to the door at the same time it's two uh, two streams coming at the door and, mm. and there's not saying there's no forces on you but there are less forces and less chance of getting a jam and less chance of being killed in the doorway which i think is pretty pretty impressive it's sort of counterintuitive putting a pole you think that would crush more people but no we go round. we can go round it so it's a round they went too fast in which case they just get sliced in two don't do that (laughs) 
sure, back in the 60s, everyone was excited about space. Mm, mm. But no one's excited about space anymore. But people loved this uh, curiosity thing. People yeah. really tuned in. It Which, was a, and it's, not the, it's the fourth one they've landed. And but this is the one that really seemed to strike a chord. Yeah. I think possibly because it was such a ridiculous set of... Things to get it down. So many parts of this could have yeah, gone wrong. It sounded right. like bit. It sounded like NASA sounded was mad. just gone. Let's just go a bit crazy. Yeah, and with well, this is easy. Let's make it hard for ourselves. Because <laughs> do the. I'll just fire the basketball backwards over my shoulder. Yes, into the. I'll hoop. let I'll let the ball run down the pipe. Kick kick the bucket over. <laughs> so no strap. Yeah, that was the the real problem with the Curiosity rover mm. was the bit where the guy the diving man asphyxiated. <laughs> That was very sad. I thought <laughs> Sorry, that was more we than... We, we don't mention that. Yeah, I, I, so. don't, I don't think they should have done... I think they should have worked around that problem. Right, I know, but maybe, maybe next time. The... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they put a peg over his nose, but there, there needed to be more. <laughs> I think it's social media. They managed to get into Twitter and to Facebook and made it... And that's people started... And oh, you can watch it live. So, and, and, and then NASA was smart enough to, yeah, to watch it live. There was the guy with... So the, you could watch it crash. If it was going to crash, you'd yeah, be like, crash, I've got to watch this because if it crashes... And the guy with the mohawk, I mean, that, that was set up that you know, he was interesting. But also, so whoever came up with the idea of calling it seven minutes of hell as it went through the atmosphere, that video that came out a couple of months, which I, I tweeted about and yep. talked about, seven minutes of hell, what a brilliant name. If you have no idea what, what anything's about, you suddenly see, have you watched the seven minutes of hell video? And everyone goes, no, seven minutes of hell? That sounds like the best thing in the world. And sounds you know, sexy. And, and you watch it. and that's not sexy. And that gets people, it's, as you said, and it's so bizarre, you know, sky crane lowering it the last couple of meters and things like that. Yeah, you're right. It, it, it catches a lot of imagination, and this is a good thing. I mean, I showed that I connected you to an article about what the, you know what has NASA done for us lately. Uh, we should look that up. I'll, I'll send a link to it. To that. Yep. What NASA has done to us lately, and the one, the big one, there's a Hubble telescope. The technology used by the Hubble telescope is now used for the early detection of breast cancer. Hmm. So there's a direct correlation from That's, space. From space, they're looking at your boobs yeah, right at your now, boobs, ladies, and, and, and not in a pervy way, not in well, a medicinal that's way. That's how it started. But there was a good, <laughs> there was a good side effect. They were like, "Wait a second, that looks like some sort of weird mole." That's it's right. like, "Yeah, yeah, give me a minute, and I'll uh, actually, I'll just get, I just send someone down to touch her. Beep beep, you got cancer." Send a rover. <laughs> Hong Kong. <laughs> but there he goes. Uh, we're NASA and we know it by the group called Satire on YouTube. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And Greg at smartenough.org. And if you want to hear me in real life and you live anywhere in the Brisbane area, you need to come to the Brisbane Writers Festival on the 8th and 9th of September and you will see me chairing a meeting about science communication. Don't worry, it's not just me babbling on. There are some actual really good people there as well, scientists and writers and authors who know a lot of stuff. I'll just be the weird guy in the corner going, what's going on? But please come to that, Brisbane Writers Festival. Look up the Brisbane Writers Festival online, type in the name Gregoire in guests and you'll find the ones I'm doing. If you hear something in the podcast and that sounds wrong and you look it up and you go, oh my God, that is wrong. Look, uh, I can totally prove they're wrong. Tell us that we're wrong because we want to know so that we can put it in the walk of shame. Please do. If you want to have a bit of a conversation about anything you've heard, jump into the forums. They're linked to on the front page of the website. Please don't be a spam bot for zombie films. That's so annoying. That was weird. That was a spam bot. Yeah. I found them and I spam handled them. Ban hammered them? Ban spammed them. I don't know your crazy lingo. Ban hammered them. Ban hammered them. Thank you. I always feel like a Norse god when I do that. It's just clicking another button. Uh, if you want to find out more about what we're doing and also follow along with our expo, which mm-hmm. is happening on the 7th of October. 7th, 7th of October. October. Put 7th. it in your calendar Right now. now. Stop listening to us right now. Put us on pause. No, no, no. no. Oh, hang on. Dave. What? 
they've paused. They've right. hit pause. We right. don't need to pause. Oh, okay, right. Damn, see? Oh, okay, so put on pause. No, we just did it again. Oh, oh, damn it, now we paused twice. And go and put it into your calendar, and so it links to everything. If you want to be updated by us or follow along, jump onto Twitter and follow us at SE2KB. Or, if you're much more partial to Facebook, you can follow us there, and we'll keep you updated on that end as well. Will we? I know nothing about Facebook. You're the Facebook guy, Dan. Yeah. Make sure that happens. I do. Good, good man, it's good all, man. It's all taken care of. We love hearing from our wonderful audience, and we love hearing from our awful audience as well. We just love hearing from our audience. I just love hearing. <laughs> it's, one of, it's what a great sense. It's one of the five things I do quite well. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 27. From here on in, no more point fives, nope. nothing but full episodes. You might be going, well, where was the interview? Ah, interview, an interview next time. Yeah, so two weeks from, well, on the first of, the first Sunday of October, no, first Sunday of September, we will have another podcast. We'll have episode 28. Eight. Goodness me, how can we do this? Fortnightly, that's what we're about. We're about fortnights. Fortnight of science, comedy and ignorance with Smart Enough to Know Better. Uh, Dan Beeston. <laughs> Greg Wah. Oh! And Greg Wah. Are smart enough no, to no, know no, better. No, no, I think, I think no, 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 we're... No, no, no. Greg Waugh and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, because if, if, you, if you say it the other way, it's Dan Beeston and Greg, Greg Waugh are. are. It, it doesn't work. So you get... So it's awful. <laughs> Leave oh, this fine. place, Miss Skin, uh, before the space between us turns into tigers. Always love that line. Where's that from? The Crow... Comic book of the crow. Oh. You, ee, so hardcore. Oh, that's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I get that. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a threat. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you have to go. Well, oh, I should leave. Who's tigers? Yes. Oh, you tigers. Yeah, you tiger. Basically, you're Mister Tiger. Yeah, you're in the scenario. Yes, yes. It's also kind of taking the power. No, taking the. It's saying it's your fault if you stay. I, I have nothing to do with this. Just the space between us will turn into tigers. You're like. How, but a, tigers are pretty. Oh, wait. So you're a crow, but you're going to turn into, into a, a tiger? tiger. But you're really a guy. You're not really a crow, and you're only a meter away from me. And the average Bengali tiger is about three meters long. So what is it doing? Standing on its hind legs? I'm just, I'm just intrigued. I, mean, I can understand why that would be intimidating. Yeah, yeah. So, but we are in a quite. No a wonder low... I need to st- step back. I need to step back at least two meters before it's even the possibility of a tiger turning up here. <laughs> and you thought ceiling cat was scary. What happens if it was ceiling Bengali tiger? I'm just like, like that wouldn't be good. He's watching you shit your pants. <laughs> that was the first movie that I know that I knew the source material well before, and then suddenly there's, there's a movie being made out of it, and it was Brandon Lee, and it was actually really good. I really enjoyed it. Like, mm. It's awesome. That was my first good experience of, of an adaption. And, ah, then, yep. and then, then after that, lots of disappointment. <laughs> lots and lots of disappointment. Oh, I just stopped reading. Ah, oh, good, good. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Except for billboards. That's it, yeah. Still read a lot of billboards. That's right. So, assuming, you, therefore, you're really, really interested in having longer lasting sex. No, just. No, no, the, no. The, sex is, the sex is secondary. I just like having an erect penis. <laughs> right. <okay>. A lot. <laughs> Don't we all? It's good for pointing. Brilliant. It's, it's good for hanging things off. It gives yep. birds somewhere to perch. Perch. That's yes. nice. That's always nice. Um, um, it, it finds it, north. It's, it, it's like. It stops me walking into walls. I just, I really love inflating things. <laughs> it's nothing sexual, nothing. <laughs> I'm going to 
Oh my god, a, a wall sensor. Beep, beep, beep. Bang, boing, <laughs> I It means I can also measure with great accuracy 4.5 inches. Ah! Uh... <laughs> terrifying accuracy. You I shouldn't have recorded in the nude. <laughs> The one that really has always bugged me is the, the mm. one with the cowboy that walks into town. He rides into oh, town yeah. on a Friday and leaves on a Sunday. Yes. The rides board. into town on a Friday, stays one night, leaves on a Sunday. Yes. And I just, I almost went insane. And then someone's like, Friday's the name of the horse. The horse. I'm like, that's a f***ing stupid puzzle and you should all f***ing die. And I hate you. And I left and I cried and I cried and I cried. 